You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts today are Satch Purcell and Oliver Altine. Our guest today is Janine Laurie. Janine is an author, illustrator, and educator. She has a new children's book called Surprise, I Have Three Eyes, which was written to encourage children to expand their vision and believe anything is possible. Satch and I had a great conversation with Janine about art, creativity, vision, and lots more. Well, here we are with uh, Janine Laurie. All right, welcome, Janine. Thank you. It's All a right. pleasure to be here. Hey, Janine. Hello. Yeah. And everybody, that is the voice of Oliver Altine, our uh, our sound man and, and resident musician, uh, filling in for Carlos at the moment. Big shoes to fill, but I'll do my best. All right. Yeah, you never wear shoes. You're always barefoot, that's, that's true. as you are right now. So <laughs> very cool. All right. So Janine, um, you are an author and an illustrator, aren't I you? I am, right. yes. So um, uh, would you uh, just explain the kind of work that you do and your latest work uh, to everybody who wants to hear? Well, currently I am writing and illustrating books for children, spiritual books. Um, And this latest one is about our inner vision. It's about awakening our inner vision, being aware that we have more vision than what's in the physical. Um, And the illustrations are just very bright, very vivid, very magical, very enchanted. Um, And the whole purpose of the book, obviously beyond the inner vision, is to really awaken us to the inner child. Mm. It's just... It's just that magical space where we're just ultimately connected to this conscious awareness where we are really not in the mind. We're just in the magical flow of life. And I think it's a place that we're really all trying to get back to and remember. Mm. So um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that the book is doing. So I'm actually holding this in my hands right now. It's called Surprise, I Have Three Eyes. Yes. And it's, it's just beautiful. The artwork is beautiful. The poetry is beautiful. You, and you actually were, you were kind enough to dedicate this to me and my kids, um, which was very cool. Actually, I received this book yesterday before I even met you. Oh, great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously the process of the book was magical for me. Um, when I was working with the illustrations, I was just in this very divine space where I was connecting and I was in that flow of just really the inner universe of a child. And I was just in that, that, you know, embracing that connection. Mm. So could you just take a moment and just share the basic plot, the basic idea of this story? So in the story, there is this little boy and every day he goes out and he has amazing experiences with all of his magical friends. I mean, the whole entire enchanted forest is alive, very vibrant, colorful. Everything's talking trees, talking um, flowers, just as much as you can experience is just alive and enchanted. Um, and he plays every day and he speaks to his friends. And this is his world. Everything's alive. And one day he goes to school and his school friends are telling him that these friends are not real they're pretend. So he goes back to his friends, the magical creatures, and he's very confused because he doesn't understand this. They're always around him. How can you be pretend? So that's when Troll speaks on behalf of the magical forest and shares with him that they're not pretend. They are just as real as you may believe. It's all just a matter of how you perceive. 
um, and goes on to teach him about the imagination and creation and how we create from that space of our inner vision, that that's really where creation comes from, um, mm. is that that deep awareness that when we go into that visual space, that's where creation and manifestation starts. Wow, so he's learning cool. this and learning to tap into that so that he can live in this world. And by the end of the story, Joey, the main character, starts to understand that he has the power to do this. And it doesn't matter what other people perceive as their reality. What he sees as his reality is unique to him and he's okay with that. So there's a picture of him playing mm. on the playground with his school friends and the magical friends are still there <laughs> on the seesaw with him. And he's, they're all alive in there while he's with his school friends too. So he continues to hold on to that. Very cool. Wow. Very, very cool. And so it's the idea that kids are so creative and part of the growing up process sometimes unfortunately involves letting go of your imagination and creativity. You know, you have to adult and forget about your imaginary friends. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the imaginary friends are just, you know, they're just there as that signpost. You know, there's that space within all of us where I think we can remember being a child and, and we had the belief in the impossible. You know, for me, and right. I say this, this is part of my, um, I go around and say anything is possible, even unicorns. You know, the mm -hmm. idea of when I was little, you couldn't convince me that there wasn't a unicorn when I was going out and playing in the forest. I just mm -hmm. thought they would be there. I was looking for them and I believed that they would be there. And still to this day, I wonder, maybe there really is a unicorn out there. Why not? Mm -hmm. And there is a point where you know, we, we do adult and we, we shut that off and it's hindering. You know, mm -hmm. I think that as adults, we spend a portion of our time trying to remember that and reawaken that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it sounds like, like there's, there's a big focus on creativity in this, in this, uh, nice little children's story. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I, I think that that's one of the problems that adults have is we don't bring enough creativity to our problems. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the, it's so interesting because we're all very creative. How we create is unique <laughs> to each of us, but we're continuously creating. Whether we're consciously creating or not, that's the question. Mm. So what I'm really trying to bring forward with this book is conscious creation, is to know that you have the ability to tap into that space. Some people call it imagination. Mm. Um but again, I call it creation yeah, when we're okay. really tapping into that visual awareness and it is real. We bring it out and then it becomes creation. Yeah. So very nice. You know, I, I, I love the idea and I have, I have read and, you know, heard of, of people in the past just setting aside creative time. Like I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to be creative and I'm just going to see, I'm just going to start writing down all my ideas and see what cool concepts I can come up with, you know, and to actually sit down and practice creating is pretty neat, you know? Yeah. You cool know, thing. and I, I think it's one of those things where we really, and children, this is why I love the idea that I wrote this book as a children's book is they're, they're doing it so naturally. They don't have to be thinking about, you know, right. creativity or creation or imagination, you know, you watch kids pretend play and, you know, they're, they're there. Yeah. They're, they're just always in that space. They're so natural yeah. at it. You know, we were, where were we, the other day we were at Costco, you know, we were, ha we were adulting at Costco and having right. this adult conversation. And I was just in one of those moments and, and then suddenly there was, um, 
a shed that they had on display. And I walked past it and these kids just popped out, started (laughs) laughing and running around chasing each other. And, you know, the parents are doing adult things and the kids are just playing no matter where they are. You know, they're imaginative play. They're having fun. They're so in the moment. And of course, as soon as I saw that, I was brought back to my reality and said, this is where I should be. You know, life Mm. is to be enjoyed. It's to, it's to have fun. It's to hold on to that and, and to be there. So the hope is to, you know, continue that, not just for the children, but reawaken that in adults so that we can all be in that fun space all the mm. time. Because, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid and we'd go to, to the department store, like clothes shopping, you know, and you know, those circular racks <laughs> of clothes they used to have and you can oh, like, oh yeah. And you hide, hide inside of them. And, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are so awesome. Oh yeah. I loved going stuff. to, you know, I don't even remember what store we were at, but it was yeah. just like, it was like a playground, you know? Yeah. 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 I remember doing stuff like that too. And, you know, I really feel now that. I, you know, I observe a lot and it seems like a lot of adults that I know are wanting to be children again. And I think it's great. You know, I think there's so much healing in that. Just reawaken to your, your energy of being a child and living in the moment because that's, that's when we are free. That's when we are really connected and enjoying life and kids have so much to teach us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, um, you know, we were conversing a little bit before we started recording and we kind of talked about how even though this is a children's book mm-hmm. it's kind of secretly a book for their parents too isn't it oh yeah absolutely yeah. what do you think about that what, what what message is it that or what are maybe some of the themes that you're 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 offering the the adults in this book well i think that all of the themes that are in the book are applicable to adults they don't just stop at being a child. They actually, you know, begin (laughs) Mm. at being a child and we should hold on to them. You know, the whole point about our inner vision and our inner awareness, you know, and the creation and living in the moment in joy is amazing for everybody. I don't know anybody on the planet that couldn't benefit from that teaching. Mm. Um, And of course, you know, when we have happy adults, we have happy children as well. And we have a much better world. Um, and I did start to, at one point, write a book for adults and it just was so blocked. It was, <laughs> of course it wasn't, it wasn't coming from my creativity. Mm. You know, I was going, why can't I get this out? And then I just realized because I was not meant to write a book for adults. I was meant to write a book for adults that was written, you know, for children. Yeah, And, and that is, there's, really so much that adults can gain from that and you know having fun playing enjoying being in the moment these are all things and teachings that we're continuously trying to um, bring into our conscious awareness Mm, very nice you know um i think uh you know what adults do could be play Mm -hmm. but we just take it so damn seriously you know, uh, it sort of reminds me of uh the scientific version of row 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 your boat have you heard this the scientific version? <laughs> no. Yeah. Please, please enlighten okay. us. It goes, propel, propel, propel your craft bubbly down the solution. Ecstatic, <laughs> ecstatic, ecstatic, ecstatic. Existence is but an illusion. Right? So it's the same thing. I love that you it's could still, do that it's still, so well. It's still cute. It's fun. Yeah, but, right. you know, it's the scientific serious version, right? And it's not yeah. supposed to be fun, even though right. we're poking fun at it. Right. Um, well, there is a time and place to be serious, of course. Yeah. 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 Well, there is. But, but you know, it's yeah. interesting because... There's a time where we have to react, you know, but I think that when 
when we're consciously connected and there's a reaction that needs to take place, we know what to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. When we're so stuck in the mind, we have no idea what to do when things come up. You know, mm. we stay stuck in the mind and it's not coming from a place of knowing. It's coming from a place of, I think I want it that way, <laughs> of pushing in a way that's coming more from the ego than coming from more of that divine connected space. Right. Um, and that from that space, when we're connected in that way, we can have answers and solutions to things when they come up in the moment that we need reactions to. A lot of the things that we're continuously doing when we're stuck in the mind, we're thinking about things that aren't even a problem right now. We're creating mm. a scenario that's something yeah. that's happening in the future or a problem right. from the past. And we're not really here right now at all. <laughs> right, right. We're off someplace yeah. else. Now, when something happens in the moment, we react. What choice do you have? You know, you kind of go yeah. into that place. And, um, you know, that's really what this is about, too, is if you can live in that moment more continuously than being in the mind and thinking about things that are happening, you know, far off 10 years from now or, or a week from now, or even in an hour mm. and worrying about it. It's taking us away from being in that space of yeah. joy. And you know, one of the cool things about, um, play, cause we're talking about play, you know, and, mm. and childhood stuff is that if you look at the development of play in children, right, mm. it follows a developmental sequence, right? And so the first kind of play um, or, or the earlier part of play, I should say, is sensory motor play, where you are, where, where the child is like like zero to two. The child is learning about their body and the world by exploring their senses, right? So they're understanding their impact on the world, you know, um, things, that's why they put everything in their mouth and they want to touch everything and pick everything up and put it right. And so they they gain tremendous joy from from exploring the world with their body. And I think there's an interesting lesson in that, right? Is um, you can't skip the body in play, right? You still have to come back to your body, mm-hmm. right? Your body still needs to be developed. You still need to have, uh, still still you need to strive for decent health and to take care of yourself and to, you have to get into your body before you can get into your mind in a way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Right. Sometimes we spend too much time in the mind and we neglect the body aspect. Yeah, of it's it, a healthy you know? balance of all of it. Yeah. Right. And well, you and I know from the meditation training we've had that your body, your physical sensations are your connection to the present moment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Because if you're experiencing a sensation, then you're present. Right. And if yeah. you're thinking right. about something that's in the past or in the future, then you're not there with your sensations. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's an easy thing to remember. Just feel your sensations. Yeah, and bringing you yourself back into mm-hmm. the body is is a, is a tool and a technique for mm-hmm. being in the present moment. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I was I was reading um, Zen Mind Beginner's Mind from Shunryu Suzuki. Oh, Suzuki. Right. Yeah. Suzuki. Right. And he was talking about um, sort of when you feel overwhelmed with your problems, mm. and when you try to meditate, how difficult it is. And he says. But what feels more real to you, your problem or you? And so when you really think about it, it's like, well, there's the problem. But if I concentrate on my body and my actual physical presence right now, that I have to admit that does seem more real than my problem does. And it kind of helps put things in perspective, you know? (laughs) It's funny, you know? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Boy, boy, he'll he'll make us think for a while. (laughs) But back to talking. 
Back to talking. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now Very you got cool. me thinking on a whole different topic. <laughs> well, that's okay. We can be tangential. Yeah, yeah, we can cool. go off on a, on a different... Yeah, yeah. Anytime. Well, speaking about creativity and imagination, you know, I'm a musician, right? Yeah. And I, I'm a composer and I record my music and I write songs and stuff like that. So when I get an idea for a song, usually it just comes to me. Mm. It comes to me when I'm relaxed and happy and it's like, oh, I, I just had this idea. That's, that's great. And then later on, I'll work it out and write yeah, it yeah. down and figure it out. But if I try to start writing something before I have that initial inspiration, I'm, I'm not working with anything. I don't have anything that's authentic that I'm, that's like a real discovery that I've made. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can completely relate to that because it's the same process that I go through with my books and, um, you know, as an illustrator as well. You know, I'm, you almost know when the moment is. You know, you can feel it. There is that creative inspiration and that Mm -hmm. space. And when it happens, you're in the flow. Yeah. You know, when you get something that's authentic, that's like a real creative discovery that you've made it's like it has kind of the signature to it that you absolutely and there was no doubt when i was illustrating the books i don't even know where they were coming from they were they were coming from a space that was so far beyond my physical body Mm. (laughs) speaking of the physical and Mm. i was such in i was in a deep meditative space um and it was beautiful it was really you know i would i would just be doing it and when they were done I would just look at him and go wow this is really incredible you know and I still look at the book and go wow this is really amazing that's a great Mm. feeling to see something you didn't be proud of it it's really cool Mm. you know and it's it's really cool to know because I experienced being in that space and living what is you know is being shared in the book Mm -hmm. um you know that's that's how this was created and That's you, the you were saying you did all these illustrations with colored pencils. Is that what it was? Yeah, um, colored pencils. Um, basically, the characters are outlined in black ink, and mm-hmm. everything else is color pencil. So I just worked over and over color pencils so that I would get that really deep, vibrant colors. Um, and you know, I have always enjoyed working with, you know, as an illustrator, I love color pencil. I could just get a whole lot of control out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been my medium of choice. I just enjoy it. And, um, yeah, so. So not being, um, a visual artist myself, I wonder how common is that these days for people to actually, you know, use pencils instead of just a computer or (laughs) whatever? Well, uh, clearly not very common at all because everybody that I tell I worked with (laughs) color pencils, they are in shock. (laughs) What do you mean? This is not digital. Um, obviously there was some editing that went into the imagery because it's pretty much impossible not to edit your work after you take it, you know, a photograph of it, you know, for, for digital processing, but the majority, yes, it's all color pencils. Um, with the exception of there's some stars in, in the, some of the artwork that was done with a gel pen. Oh, okay. But other than that, it's all. You're such a cheater using a gel (laughs) pen. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) There was no other way to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, um, I, I kind of went back to my own process where I like to do it traditionally. You know, this was the way I would, you know, render drawings, um, when I started. And I think that also brought me back to, you know, that childhood space for me, because I was in a space where I, I loved illustrating, you know, when I was younger, I started doing art when I was probably about three and that was my joy when I was a child. So doing this book really brought me back to that space where I was creating. Beautiful. Um, 
could we uh, read it just like a couple pieces? Sure, yeah? go ahead, yeah. Okay, all right. I just kind of picked this piece. So, um, uh, so I guess, so so uh, Joey has these, these friends, right? And this is the part that I, I turn to. We are just as real as you may believe. It's all just a matter of how you perceive. We come from a place called your third eye. It's a magical place where creations arise. That's pretty cool. I yeah. love it. That's a great picture too. Look at that, Oliver. That, that's a heck of a. Oh yeah, that's a heck that's, of a picture. So wow. that vision. Very I know cool. we kind of discussed this a little bit before we mm. started recording, but I've done uh, quite a bit of traveling to South America and Peru, um, and I would go um, while I was working on the book. I was going back and forth to South America. Um, and I was about halfway through the illustrations and I went on another journey to South America and I was in one of the sacred temples in Peru and I had a visual and I believe the space that I was in was actually, um, the temple dedicated to the stars. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty awesome because I had no idea about this. Yeah, and, 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 and by the way, in this picture, there's, there's this third it's eye that's galaxy. just exploding. It's like Van Gogh's starry exactly. night coming out of this it's kid's the temple, third eye. It was the yeah. temple dedicated to the galaxy. So, and when I, I came back and I had to, I created this visual and I had no idea. And I was mentioning, you know, to, um, you know, to one of our Peruvian brothers that we journey on when we go on our trips. And I said, yes, this vision came to me when we were in that temple. He goes, you know what that temple was, right? And I go, no, how would I have any idea? Mm. And he says, this is the temple of, you know, of the galaxies. This is wow, dedicated to that. Cool. So this is also to say that when I was in that space, these visions were coming to me and yeah. I just went home and you know, I started illustrating them. So they were coming from that as well. All right. That's some fun synchronicity. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing because I, you know, I remember clearly looking up and I saw just the Milky Way and the galaxy mm. and, and um, I had no idea how I was going to render that, but it came out exactly as I had seen it. Mm, very cool. projects uh, are you working on or have worked on? Well, you know, I kind of go, I, I dabble in a lot of stuff. I think that's just common with artists. Mm. <laughs> you know, we just, we can't sit still on one thing. I have a gazillion things happening at one time, but you know, I've always, I was an art teacher for 11 years. Um, and then I actually started my own photography business, uh, traveled extensively back and forth to South America. Um, in addition to that, now I also have another book that's coming. Um, another one, this one was dedicated to the inner vision. The next one is going to be for the inner voice. Um, and something that is near and dear to my heart has always been philanthropic work. So I'm now um, in the process of translating this book to Spanish, and we're going to bring it on a journey to Peru. Um, a few, hopefully, um, a few hundred copies. We'll see how many I can get. And we're going to give it to some of the schools in Peru mm. and possibly, um, maybe Nepal. That's 
kind of on, you know, in my insights, maybe, mm. maybe it'll happen, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. So being able to kind of get this out internationally as well and, and merge this, um, because I just, to me, imagine receiving a book like this. If you're in one of those places in one of those schools and you're a child and you really, mm-hmm. um, are in a space where you may not really have everything that you need physically. Um, imagine getting this book where you believe that anything is possible. Yeah. You know, you can get yourself out of anything. That's a great vision. Yeah. For that. I like that. That's great. So you have children. How old are your kids at the moment? Nine. We have a nine-year-old together. Oh, a child. Yes. And uh, 14. Okay. All right. So, um, did you try this story out on the nine-year-old? So, Yes, he's been a big part of this book. Um, it's interesting because, you know, when I when he was little, I would, you know, read him all the, the books that are out and I just was always so disenchanted. <laughs> I was waiting for something like this and mm. I thought, well, I wrote my own stories. I'm just going to read him this one. But I didn't have visuals to go with it. And what kid really wants to sit there and yeah. <laughs> just read something the, that it, you wrote? Yeah. And by the way, this book really is about the pictures. I mean, the it pictures is. are great. You, you know, know, you got to see the pictures. I mean, let's be honest. The pictures bring everything to life. It's the visual. We want to see the visual. It's, it's, Mm. I mean, we can imagine I'm a visual person. So when I hear words, I can envision, but everybody, you know, experiences in a different way. Yeah. Some people see font. You know, I mean, (laughs) you know, yeah. Font can be beautiful. It can. It can. Wow. But you know, he, he loves the book. Um, I think really what he loves about the book now is the process of seeing it come to fruition. Oh, that's You know, nice. I mean, it's yeah. really cool for, yeah. you know, especially at his age. Oh, my mom published a book and she's going to schools and she's talking to people. And that's a big deal to mm. see, you know, that my creation came to reality when he knew it as just a writing and he saw the whole process mm-hmm. of illustrating it and he saw the yeah. process of creating it and, you know, the books coming and us, he was there with me, you know, for my, it was on Halloween, I remember, because I took a video and he's in his stormtrooper costume. Oh, very <laughs> you know, cool. and yeah. we're opening it together. And um, it was just really magical to see the creation of the book. So it's been fun. Nice. Very, very good. Um, so from just, just thumbing through it, I mean, it's pretty profound for, for a kid's story. I mean, a, mm-hmm. a quote unquote kid's story, right? It's pretty profound. Um, uh, yet sometimes the most profound things come from simplicity, right? I mean, and, and, and that's, there's a lot, a lot of truth in that, you know. Um, but um, how serious of a third eye investigator are you? I mean, like, <laughs> do you dive into this topic, or uh, you know what? Do you need to? This to me is second nature. This to me isn't even something that I had to dive into. It was just a knowing. <laughs> mm. This has been since I was a little girl. I lived in this world. You know, I was extraordinarily intuitive. You know, I, this was my natural reality and it was uncomfortable for me to shut it off. As a matter of fact, having to shut it off because I believe at some point I did was depressing. It was debilitating. Mm. And at some point I said, no, I don't want that anymore. This is my reality. And Mm. then I opened up to it, but it was never really something I had to, um, research or learn about it was just like a you know i have two hands i have two eyes i have three eyes of course i do Mm, (laughs) and that's that's in the book too (laughs) yeah okay very cool so um there's some of your own experience in there yeah it's it's the idea of you know 
yeah, we, of course we have this, you know, you, when I go to schools um, and I start to engage the children, one of the first things that I ask them where they really get this, you know, is who sleeps with their eyes closed and they all raise their hand Hmm. and I say, okay, who dreams? And they all raise their hand. Well, if your eyes are closed, you know, you dream, do you see in your dreams? Yeah, of course I do. But your eyes are closed. How do you see in your dreams? And they kind of wonder, I don't know. That's true. Hmm. You know, so we, we work on that because they realize that vision comes from, there's a different vision. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. can see, if you remember your dreams and you can have visuals in your dreams, well, and your eyes are shut, how's mm -hmm. that happening? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, it's good to talk about those things with kids, you know, um, to get them pondering and, and thinking. Sometimes life is just about the questions we ask, you know, and we've got to ask kids the right question. I wish somebody asked me that, you know, when yeah. I was a kid. I always try to get my kids to tell me their dreams in the morning before the day starts and they forget them. Mm. And I always try to encourage them to have a dream journal. You know, my kids are old enough now to, to write down their dreams. Because I find, you know, if you write down your dream, just even for a little bit in the morning, then you remember it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, can think we, about it the rest of the day. I'm always asking our son about his dreams because mm -hmm. they're prolific. I mean, like, they're really profound. And he had, I mean, he, they're just so connected. And, um, you know, when you embrace it, it just imagine, you know, right. where, when you embrace it and you're really connecting to that, you know, what that means. I, I feel that um, a large majority you know, when we're children, we're trying to really understand the physical. A lot of their questions are, you know, why does this happen? And why? And a lot of that is physical, but it's just because we haven't engaged them to understand awareness beyond the physical. Hmm. You know, so imagine if hmm. we opened up to that sense, what they can connect to hmm. and what they can bring out in the physical. And I think a lot of our revolutionary, innovative technologies and, and thinkers they were tapping into that space for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, radical minds, they were, they were in that awareness for sure. Right. I mean, if you ever read anything by Albert Einstein, he talks oh, a lot yeah. about inspiration, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, our, I, I mean, I, everything, the most innovative technology, creations, inventions, they came from people that were really, um, they maybe didn't talk about this openly, you know, right. or maybe mm -hmm. we didn't hear about it, <laughs> right, yeah. but they were there yeah. for sure. Had some, it's like a deep well to draw from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We um, did a, we, we did an episode on dreams, uh, uh, the, 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 yeah. the dream episode. And, um, I remember, uh, sharing that you know, I, ha I had read this, that, um, was Thomas Edison used to, um, get a, get a, you know, a notepad and pencil and everything get everything ready and he would put a pan on the floor and hold a, ball, a big steel ball bearing and he'd sit in his chair and he'd doze off and as soon as he started to go into dream sleep you know you'd become paralyzed and so he'd drop the ball and it would land in the pan and wake him up and he'd immediately start writing down mm -hmm. the thoughts that he had from his dreams and hmm. that's, that's a heck of an inventor well right? i'm no so. stranger since i was young to lucid dreaming oh yeah i was mm. just going to ask you about that oh actually. yeah i mean it was I, I just, I used to, um, I didn't know what it was, but I just think I got used to it. Mm -hmm. And I always knew when I would have lucid dreams that I was going someplace else, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't like a, I, I knew I, that was lucid. I'm actually in another space and another reality. And I think I just, I'm comfortable with the fact that I know that this is not the only reality. Mm -hmm. There's so right. much 
farther beyond where we are here. So, And I think a lot of people don't realize that you can actually practice that. You can train yeah. yourself to yeah. lucid dream. You absolutely can. It's like just a wonderful thing to do. Do you have a particular technique for learning how well, to do that? Well, I like mean, how do you do that? at this point, I know when I'm lucid dreaming. I remember I used to look at a hand. I don't do that anymore. Okay, yeah. But now what I do when I'm lucid dreaming is I actually could walk through walls. Okay. And I know that I'm lucid dreaming because I will walk through or put a hand through a solid object. Okay, so that's and your test. That's my okay, test. Yeah. I walk through a wall and I usually will go into another space, another dimension through the wall. Yeah. If you walk through a wall, it's a, it's a good bet you're dreaming. <laughs> exactly. Usually, mm. you know, what solid things turn to yeah. liquid mm. or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my thing is I jump. I just do a little jump in place. And if I come right back down, then uh-huh. I may or may not be dreaming. But if I don't come down, then... Well, here I am. I'm dreaming. I like to and fly quite a bit yeah. too. Yeah, mm. flying is a big deal. It's just the best. I love it. I, I generally wake up the moment I realize I'm dreaming. Because it's so exciting? Well, so if I just go, oh, I'm, dr- I'm awake. Yeah. Yeah. But see, I'm thinking maybe enlightenment will be like that. I'll just go, oh, wait a minute. I- I'm enlightened. Just like that. Mm-hmm. You see? <laughs> you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. maybe but what like I usually that. tell people if they can't get into that or they need some help learning how to lucid dream, I say just always ask yourself if you're dreaming. Right. Like yeah, even yeah. if you're not, you know. Ask yourself, am I dreaming? And pretty soon you'll get used to asking yourself that all the time. And then you'll be dreaming and ask yourself that because it's a habit. Mm. And then there's the um, bridging. Well, what's that? Bridging yeah, what's is that? being able to take something from the dream world into this reality. And I mm. have done that before um, where I have bridged. Actually, this was, I guess you could say, at the beginning of my awakening. Because <laughs> we all have a moment where we realize what is going on. Mm. I don't think mm-hmm. the reality is what I thought it was. Right. But um, I was really called to, um, I guess, Mayan discs i had i was having dreams about mayan um zodiac mayan zodiac and i had a dream about a mayan zodiac with a jaguar in the center of it and the very next day i woke you know obviously i woke up and my husband and i at that point we were on our way someplace and i said we have to go to the beach we have to go to inspiration point (laughs) So we turned the car around and we went over there and I'm sitting at the beach um, and I don't know why I was on this bench. We were watching the sunset and he's going, what are we doing here? You know? And I thought, I I don't know. I just feel like we have to be here. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting and next to me on the bench is a trash can. And I look down next to the trash can on the bench and there is this black rock, a flat rock just sitting there upside down. And I flip it over it's a Mayan disc with a jaguar in the center. Whoa, I still have really? it. I'll send you a picture. Mm, and wow. I got chills. And it was one of those moments where I thought, that's bridging. When you have uh, a dream about something oh, so real and it becomes, and you see it and you have it in your reality, you know, very close so to you when you... you dreamt about this and then you found it. I found life. it, yeah. Wow. And it was there. And <laughs> that... What it, what it means, you know, of course, at that point, oh, what does this mean? I was looking up, you know, things on the internet. I had to have it explained. And now it was just, the, none of that matters. Right. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything in my life. It hasn't. But still, what a magical experience. It was a That's magical cool. experience. Yeah, and that yeah. really... Now I, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. And that's the whole idea about the book, about this journey, is that it's magical. Yeah. You know, that's really, we're here to experience. So why not be in joy during the journey and experience while we're, you know, just having fun yeah. with it? 
I think it's neat that you just shared that after you had that experience and you dreamed about this object and then found it, that you immediately started to research it. Yeah, I did. Isn't that yeah. funny? Because that's how the human mind is, exactly. right? Exactly. So like, we, this must mean something so yeah, profound. And yeah. at the time, it probably did. And now, years later, I still look at that disc and it's so different for me now. Mm. Yeah, because you know you have that experience and then where did all that come from? That came from this creative world that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as... We, come, we, we have this creative experience. We try to go and analyze and right. see what others have written. And yeah. is there a study done on Right, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. For that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, there is. And I like that too. And right? it all it's serves kind of funny, a purpose. Though, you know, and at yeah. that moment, it, yeah. it was exactly what I needed. And it served a yeah. profound purpose. It's just, you know, and now the purpose is different. Mm. Right. You know, it shifted. But you experienced it because you listened to your inner voice. Yes. Which is what your new book is about. It absolutely is. It's about listening. Yeah, the inner voice is. We have that inner, obviously, you know, something that is speaking to us. What is that inner voice? You know, the the real inner voice, right. not the one that's coming from the chatter in the mind. But when we turn right. off that chatter, what is there is something that is deeply um, imbued in our consciousness. Mm. And that, you can call it intuition. I, I call it the inner voice. Mm. In the book, it even has a name. Mm. <laughs> so... I like what you just alluded to, right? That that you know you kind of have an inner voice and you go, wait a minute, let me listen a little a little deeper, a little wider. You know what I mean? And see, you know, you know how how do you know what's what's your process or or your experience where you know that it's that true deep inner voice as opposed to just mind chatter? How, well, how, I how can say that? one word that allows me to realize it is not my true deep inner voice, fear. Mm. When I am in a state of fear, I'm not honoring my true inner knowing. Mm. That's when the mind takes over. When I'm afraid of something, when it feels overwhelming, I disconnect. I think we all do. So that's when we're just very unclear. We don't know, you know, you could call it voices. We hear things. We always, we all have that inner voice. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's coming more from an egoic state. Um, and when we're really, when we're in that state, obviously that's where there's been many, many techniques for relaxing the mind, for meditation, for Zen, for all of that. That's what we're trying to relax. You know, mm. is that fear mentality, that that state in the mind that is disconnected, that chatter, when we release that, then a deeper voice comes in. And that, I believe, is our conscious connection to something. And that is we can listen to. Yeah. You almost have to tell your mind to be quiet so you can listen. Absolutely. Just go, hey, shh, come on. I'm trying to hear. No, quiet. Yeah. I'm trying to listen to my inner voice. And that's yeah. exactly it. And there's many, many techniques, I think, you know. I couldn't even list them all. <laughs> mm, sure, There's sure. so many techniques for, you know, how to shut off the mind. Sometimes for me, it's just becoming conscious of it. Yeah. Becoming aware that yeah. I'm in that space. Definitely. Yeah. You know what I thought was kind of interesting is um, there's a unicorn in your book, and your unicorn is the size of perhaps a dachshund. Yes. 
Um, and, and you know, and, and that's and interesting. And there is a dachshund in the book. Is there a dachshund? Uh, there in the book? is a dachshund. Oh, okay. I, I, I promised our son that I would add dachshunds. a dachshund in the book. Okay. That was his only recommendation. Very good, very good. Because you know, um, uh, my imagination of a unicorn is a big, giant creature. And I just think it's so cool that this was a small one. I, yeah. never, I don't think of it that way. And well, yet, there if it is. you look inside the book, um, so this is his pet unicorn. It says it on the back of the book. Okay. He has a pet unicorn and, and she sleeps, you know, on the floor on his carpet in his bedroom. And <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah, I wanted to I wanted it to be, you know, just a loving little creature, you know, that you can imagine, you know, curling up on, you know, your floor on your bed with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. So do you have a pet dachshund at home? Is oh yeah, this... we have two oh, dachshunds. Okay. Yes, we are dachshund lovers. Yeah, I had, yeah. I had uh, three different dachshunds as a child growing up. I didn't know that. Kids. Yeah, really? Yeah. Wow. I had two dachshunds that were um, brother and sister, Fred and Ethel. Okay. And then I had another. Perfect. One that, we love them. Dachshund. They just are. They're barky. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you know my my sister and my nephew had a dachshund, and his name was Bob. And so, of course, I, and they, they, at the time they lived in Louisiana and we went out there to visit for like a couple of weeks. And by the end of the, the vacation, the whole family had switched over to calling him my name for him, which was, <laughs> which was Robert, Robert. Right. So he became That's the Honorable funny. Robert Doxson <laughs> with a PhD in Doxsonian well, You know thinking. what I love about yeah. them, though? They're comical. They are. They're, they're just hilarious. the funniest dog, you know? Yeah. And Who's shaped like that? Seriously. I love it, but they're just, you know? and they have, yeah, they're just <laughs> funny animals. They do the funniest things. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I just, the sense of humor that they bring, again, why be so serious, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, it's, it's fun to have this conversation with you because, um, not just everybody writes about a topic like this, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, what was your upbringing like? Who, who writes this stuff? <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? Who writes these things? Were your parents mm-hmm. hippies? You know, here's the thing. No. Well, they are now. Okay. <laughs> so mm. now did you, they're did you totally supportive. I must them? have. Yeah. I believe uh-huh. that I absolutely did. They love this and they're, you know, now I kind of um, lead the way with that and they're very Mm. open to my conscious awareness and, you know, all of this. But nobody talked about it when I was a kid. It was just Mm. kind of like, um, you know, now my, my parents talk about it quite a bit. You know, and they were divorced, so they weren't a couple where they partnered on things. So mm-hmm. they were going through their own things, you know, as parents do, trying to figure out life. But this was not, you know, a hot topic. Mm. And where did you grow up? In New York. Oh, New York. Okay. I sense a little East Coast in there. Yeah, yeah just yeah, a little yeah. bit. A little, little, I sense a little East. You have yeah. East Coast radar? Is that- I do. <laughs> but you know what's funny it's about this? Radar. So, yeah. you know, I, I kind of want to be outrageous with it because I thought... Well, it's not being done. I can't, you know, and this is authentic. Again, the authenticity. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like to really just put it out there exactly as it is, you know, and why skirt around it? And what's really cool about this is that it's written in a way where um, my first radio show was actually for a mainstream children's reading podcast. And I was so nervous because I thought, oh, you know, this is so different. You know, they're used to puppy dog stories about like I lost my dog and you know mm-hmm. stuff like this it just was very different mm-hmm. um and I you know I I just decided why not 
You know, why mm. not put it out there? But no, this wasn't common when I was growing up at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. it was accepted, I think, um, to express yourself in certain ways with art. So I channeled all of this into the visual arts where this is where my, you know, my inner vision was able to be channeled into and that creativity really took form was in the visual arts. And I did very well with that. But there was something that I didn't understand. I had no idea of what this was until I got to, you know, I think after I graduated from college, I started to explore a little bit more about, you know, well, what is this reality that I'm experiencing? Um, And I started to do a little bit of research and dabble in it. And then it just kind of opened up like a floodgate. Mm, Very nice. Wow. Our son, of course, is being raised with, he just is really imbued in this and, and mm. it's lovely to watch. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really cool to see just when you allow it to be and, um, and just allow him to express himself uniquely and not try to be anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's one of the messages that I hope to share with children is you're different, embrace it. Mm. You know, don't try to be anything but who you are. Yeah. Own it, there you, you know. Sounds good. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. The, the best thing you can be is yourself. Absolutely. And, that's and your, I, your life's work is to figure out who that is. Yeah, right? and then hopefully, you know, when they turn 40, like I just turned. Congratulations. <laughs> when they're Welcome going the through club. that, their, <laughs> their midlife awakening, they're not going, who am I? They're going, I know who I am already, and I'm here right. doing this. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? So discover that a little earlier. So instead of a midlife crisis, you call it a midlife awakening. Yes, there that's my, I call it midlife awakening. That's a good, I like that. That's a nice little little reframing yeah. of that. That is a nice reframe. Yeah. Well, great. it could be a yeah. crisis, you know, if we're not honoring yeah. What our soul really wants to be doing. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on what, what genre you want to tell the story in. Right. Right. I mean, right. it could be, a, you know, a crisis, a tragedy. Right. Right. It could be. Um, I always say that that my life is the comedy romance of the year. That's what I always say <laughs> with, with Tanya, right, with my wife. Right. Um, yeah. It could be a comedy. It could be a, right. like we, we, we've talked about the hero's journey, you know. Yeah. So it's add a little, again, a little imagination, a little creativity to the things that are happening in our story. Yeah. yeah, I look at it as, you know, at that point, our soul really wants to be doing something and it is an awakening because we we have this moment where something happens and, you know, we can shift mm, right. or not. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really our choice. Most of the time we want to shift and that could be really uncomfortable if we're still kind of holding on to something that we're not anymore and yet we're right. saying, I really mm. want to be doing something different. Well, you're telling yourself a story about your life, whether you realize it or not, right? Mm. So you might as well take charge of the story. Exactly. Tell yourself the story that you want to be a part of. Right. And, you know, it's great also when you're when you're a writer, really we're writing or we're always writing our own story. Everything is autobiographical? Everything is. That's really the way that it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so my story is bubbly <laughs> rainbows and <laughs> unicorns. Yeah. Right and on. that's that's where I live. So. That's not a bad way to go, you know? I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Really you know, everybody cool. has an inner narrator that right. tells you exactly what you're doing all the time and it's very boring. It's very dry. It needs, needs to be taught how to spice it up a little bit you know yeah so yeah maybe in the future we'll have uh you know brain technology where you can change the voice of your narrator like you change the voice of the, the you know the person who gives you directions on your phone or whatever. yeah right i think we so already I want, have that i want an english accent <laughs> <It's> coming yeah <laughs> yeah definitely yeah so um janine where can people find this book 
Well, it's available um, in a bunch of places. You can find it on my website at janinelaurie.com. My name is spelled J-E-N-I-N-E-L-O-R-I. And you could also find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, I believe I also saw it on Walmart. Dot com. It's available at a bunch of different places. Mm. All right. So if you just put really in cool. Google, surprise, I pretty have much, three it'll eyes, and it'll, it'll pop up. I mean, everybody mm. pretty much goes to Amazon. That's a go-to for many. Mm. So it is there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, directly on my website as well. If, if you want a, a personalized copy, that's where I offer those. Oh, okay. So you right. can sign one and yeah, send them to Yeah, and my nice oh, glitter pens. Ooh, nice. <laughs> my glitter gel pens. Very good. Very good. It's got to be glittery. Well, you know, it goes with your inner world. Absolutely. Know, unicorns it's and gotta rainbows. It's got to be sparkly. And, yeah. Everything's got to sparkle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the color of the book. It's just very yeah. colory and pastel-y. I just, it's beautiful. Well, you know, and again... When I was designing the book, I decided I want this to be like a coffee table, like a, you know, an art piece that would sit on somebody's coffee table. And here it is. And on it's my on coffee your coffee table. table. Mm-hmm, look at that. <laughs> my yeah. coffee chest table. It was so much fun talking to you guys. You're fantastic. It was really enjoyable, great conversation. Great. Well, yeah. thanks for coming and sharing like this. great having you on the show. Sure. I really enjoyed it. been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Satch Purcell and Oliver Altine. Very special thanks to our guest, Janine Laurie. If you'd like to learn more about Janine, you can find her website at janinelaurie.com. That's J-E-N-I-N-E-L-O-R-I.com. This show is produced by myself, Oliver Altine. I also wrote the theme music, which you're listening to right now, And the interstitial music for this episode was from a song called Expansive Universe from my album Dark Light. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Android Market. Find us on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, all the places, all the things. Leave us a review. We really appreciate that. And you can find our website at AuthenticityShow.com. Thanks for listening and have an authentic day. (laughs) 